0: Union Jack, the home of great British comedy. Fiddle your knob and find Union Jack on DAB Radio. Online. On the app. And on that Alexa woman. What can I tell you about Luton
1: that you don't already know? Oh, I mean, I'll leak it out of you. Right, we're ready to go.
0: Okay, should I put these on? Yeah, if you want them on. I won't then, because I've got an interview after this for TV. Oh, yeah, don't don't mess it (laughs) up.
2: On digital radio across the UK, on the Union Jack app, and on that Alexa Lady. This is Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory. Our house, green
1: grass of home. My hometown Here is
0: our house.
2: This is a local shop for local people! Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory On Union Jack Radio
1: Hello, good morning, evening, afternoon Delete as applicable uh, Depending on where you're listening to this podcast Welcome to Hometown Glory A show where well-known faces take me Wandering around the streets they grew up on Using Google Maps And you can of course catch up on old interviews with people such as Anne Hegarty, Peter Shilton and Phil Jupitus in the very same place that you're listening to this. But for now, we have the lovely Silver Fox music legend. That is Paul Young.
2: Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio.
0: Paul Young, where were you born then exactly? I was born in Luton. In fact, I think it was St Mary's Hospital. Is it still there? No. I don't know what it is now. Actually, someone did tell me, but they—I opened a wing at Luton and Dunstable Hospital the other day, and they were dearly—they were going. Please say that you were born here. I went. I'm sorry, I <laughs> <laughs> <Off> wasn't. <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever go to that hospital with any uh, minor injuries, scrapes? Luton and Dunstable. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I fell asleep driving my car and wrote it off. And seriously. That. And I was just about to retake an English exam. I failed miserably. Yeah. Wow. Have you got any scars? Uh, I got a kind of a V-shape underneath my hair here, here where my head went, because you didn't have to wear seat belts back then. Right, yeah. So my head, uh, the windscreen came out and my head went up and hit where the windscreen was. And, um, yeah, it was a bit messy. God, so
1: were you were you in a serious state from that? I mean, was it touch and go? Oh, no, it wasn't touch and go. I was let
0: out that night.
1: Oh, right, right. But, um, well, good job you've got a lovely head of hair.
0: Yeah. Covering up the v shirt. being Time's <laughs> marching on though.
1: And uh, you, let me get this right, you're the middle of three children. Yes. So who's, who's, hold, who's older and who's younger? I've got an um, elder brother and a younger sister. And where were you taken home to? Where were your parents I, living when I, you were born then? I, uh, we were living near
0: the airport. Uh, Isn't everything in Luton near the airport? Well, it was then, uh, but it was quite serendipitous, really, because that meant with passing planes overhead and things like that, I could sleep through anything, which was great when, when it came to trying to sleep in a transit van on the way home from a gig. <laughs> I could sleep on anything.
1: And, and do planes, because I remember as, as a little kid, I used to love it if um, my dad would drive us to the airport, to Manchester Airport, to mm-hmm. watch the planes. I guess that the novelty of that wears off very quickly if you live in somewhere like Luton.
0: Uh, we used to go up there it got, when it was much smaller. And when I did an apprenticeship at Vauxhall, the actual apprenticeship place was at the bottom of the road that led to the airport. So for lunch, we would stroll up there and just watch the planes, you know, and then come back. So I saw a load of it. Yeah, yeah. it got boring in the end. And, and you, your first house, you lived with your grandparents at first. Your parents were still... Oh, yeah, when I was tiny, tiny. I won't remember that, but... I all
1: right. So, what's what's the first house you remember living in? Then
0: it was a, a road called Ralfield. Strange name. Ralfield. R O W E L. Yeah, but it was all one word. Okay. And that was very close to where the airport was. You describe the house to me. It'd probably be quite small if I was. Oh, I see. Yeah. You see, we we As, have on our I screen Ralfield well, Road. The houses of all they all look a bit different. They've been done now. <laughs> what what was it? Thirty-one. You reckon you can find thirty-one up there? Is it looking a bit grander than when when you remember? Nineteen Ralfield. Looking a bit grander. Pretty much looks like it. And uh, yeah, they were kind of hmm, Hornsy close. Here, a friend of mine lived up there, and uh, then you would walk down there a little bit where that van is, and then you would come to my house. On the right, so a bit further, really. It's
1: not behind that hedge. They've really let no, that no, hedge no, go. No, they, they really right let there. the hedge go there.
0: That's <laughs> terrible. No, go a bit further down, and uh, there's another closer. that's coming up, and I was almost opposite that. Oh, here we go. Yeah, that's probably it there with the blue car.
1: Okay. Yeah. So how many, how many bedrooms was that then? Well, it looks
0: like, I guess it was three... I think
1: I think it was three. So do you have to share with with brother or sister?
0: Yeah, we had a bunk, me and my brother. Who had the top bunk? Um, my brother had the top bunk, and I remember that uh, we had a caravan for a while. So mum and dad bought us sleeping bags. Right. So they said, "Do you want to sleep in them tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> to see what it feels like, so yeah, anything for an adventure. So we slept in those sleeping bags on the button because my brother was on top, rolled over and <laughs> went on the floor. Oh God! Can you imagine because <laughs> there's no there were no covers probably, to stop you. You probably slept through it though. I had a clonk, I didn't know what it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The other strange thing I used to do when I was young as well. I remember that my in fact my mum told me a little while ago. I started getting into coffee even then at about fourteen. 14-year-old coffee drinker. Yeah, 12, even as as young as 12. And um, so in the end, my mum would... uh, But I'd wake in the middle of the night and ask if I can have coffee, which isn't a great (laughs) idea, is it? So my mum used to make the weakest, weakest coffee and put it in a flask by the side of the bed. I've just noticed that is our house because it's... Not only is it number 19, my dad used to like to call it the lazy 19 because the two numbers were leaning over and they've done the same thing. they It's still there. still there, the leaning numbers. Yeah. What did your... Um, the lazy 19, because my dad was a Western nut, you know. Right. He was like the, the lazy horseshoe ranch. You know. uh, what, what did your mum and dad do for a living? Uh, my dad worked at Vauxhall Motors. Uh, he was a carpenter.
1: And what were the perks of having a dad who did that for a living? Because the thing I always say, my dad was a postman, so I was never short of elastic bands. I would, he would always uh, right. bring elastic bands home. What did you get to do as a consequence of your dad working uh, no, at We didn't get to do that much.
0: Up, uh, the only good thing was that there was a very special deal, which they still have, uh, where you've you got a much better car with a bigger discount. So right. so we were able to get a fairly decent car, you know, them. Well, um, my dad was just, on the average wage, you could get such a good deal that our cars were always quite reasonable, you know. And um, did your mum have a job as well when you were little? Not when I was small. Once we were older, then she went back to work for British Gas, which was where she was at when I started getting my hits. So, because all the, all the ladies in the typing office were going, oh, Doris, look at your son, and then, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So they'd follow me in the news.
1: And would they be constantly asking your mum for autographs and birthday <laughs> yeah, cards there was a and all bit that, that kind going on. of stuff? Yeah. 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 And and what what are your memories, sort of before primary school, you're living in that house. Mm. I
0: mean, what, what what are your memories? Was the T V on a lot of the time? Was there a lot of music in the house? Yeah, TV, I remember yeah, in that room that's at the front I remember the famous Royal Variety performance when the Beatles were on. Oh, the people in the cheap seats the, old, seat, the yeah, people in the front yeah. seats clap your, your jewellery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I was I was feigning no interest because I'd got my little cars, so I was playing with my cars. You must have been pretty young still. I was very young, yeah. Yeah. But it did get my attention after it when I stopped playing with my cars and I peeked over the, the <laughs> sofa and I was watching a little bit. But if they turn around i not mean, go back to my cars. <laughs> <laughs> and and what sort of a little boy were you? Uh well. You know what it was like back then. We all had a lot of freedom, didn't we? So, even when I had a three-wheeler bike, that I could go out on it and go up and down the road for about five, six years old. You know, completely. The the other end of that road is is a good three quarters of a mile. We'd be going all the way up there and back down again. I'd be catching dragonflies and putting them in that little boot thing that yeah, they had yeah. in the back, which is a terrible thing to do because they all suffocated.
1: <laughs> different times. We yeah, weren't I know, about yeah. those things as much. Yeah. Um, but there's, were there lots of, so looking at that street, Did yeah. you got aunties and uncles or grown-ups who you knew along the street?
0: Um, no, not really. Our aunties and uncles were a little bit further afield in, in different parts of Luton. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a couple of friends. That were along that road. I remember there was one boy who was just a little bit older than me. So when I got to about 14, he was 16, 17. And he'd got a BSA gold, uh, gold star. I we went on the back of that. And it's interesting that my dad trusted this boy, you know. There were other oiks that he didn't trust so much. Yeah. But uh, he'd let me go on the back of it, you know, because that was a bit of a thrill. Yeah, yeah. At a young age, you know. And um, And what, what about primary school? What was, the first, what was your first school? Um, it was ooh Ramage was the junior school. oh Crawley Green Infant School it was so you went there like at the age of five or... yeah, yeah is... I, I did go to like a toddler school as well but I can't remember the name of that
1: Crawley Green is the first one you
0: remember yeah it was? Mm. What, what teachers do you remember from that school I don't remember any teachers from that school surprisingly because you've managed to bring a lot of things back that I forgot <laughs> about but I don't really remember this is
1: remember. a free therapy session yes it is yeah. yeah
0: Uh yeah, tell me about your childhood. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the teachers. I remember being taught how to tie shoelaces on this cardboard thing, but because I was watching the teacher from the other way, I've always I always did it in reverse. So when other people watch me tie shoelaces, they how did you do that? Because <laughs> it's really weird. We should film a, a demonstration of you tying
1: shoelaces. The put the Paul Young method. Yes, the Paul Young method. Yeah, mm. and. Am I, um, from from what I've read, you had a stutter. When
0: yes, you were, I did. Yeah.
1: From what what age was that? As
0: most pronounced from a very young age. So uh, I, I probably had it when I was at Crawley Green, and then when I went to Ramridge, which was the junior school, uh, then I started having. Uh, I I don't know how they used to do that. I'd miss a lesson, whatever it might be, to go and do speech therapy. Do you remember about the speech therapy and the techniques they taught you? Yeah, I do. That was, in fact, I remember that was at some little place that was very close to where I was, the hospital I was born in. It was a, a road called Darrow Road, I think. And um, I used to go there, and she just used to get me to talk and do stuff. And, but she got really short-tempered with me. Because <laughs> she'd ask me things, "What do you, like, do you like to go to the circus? Yes, and what animals are there? And I go, hmm, um elephants, elephants. Um, And then she'd go, yes, and start getting annoyed with me. That's uh, so strange of Yeah, I was getting more stressed out. (laughs) At what age did that
1: start getting better?
0: Um, I think I had it all my life. Um, And then I got into bands. I still had the stutter then. Maybe it wasn't as bad. But I quickly found that music was a great way of uh, stopping the the stutter because if you're because they did say to tap when you're talking and then it helps you say the words without stuttering so so that's the technique you would use you to tap on yourself yeah and so but then with music it's got a rhythm anyway so it it, it was no problem at all and how accepting
1: with the other kids of that
0: i don't i remember my brother taking the mickey out of it all the time (laughs) right i don't remember other children doing it though right yeah a typical sensitive older brother then. Yes, that's right, yeah. 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 Um,
1: And and at primary school, what, what, what were you into then? What were your things?
0: Um, what were you good at? Primary school? Ooh. Nothing in particular. I can't remember being good at anything there. Who was your best friend? Uh, I don't, there was a guy called Wayne that used to live a few doors up from uh, where I was in railfield uh, He went there. I think he continued on through all the schools that I went through, really. Still a friend today? It's funny, no, I lost sight of him. There's, um, In fact, most of the ones I grew up with, um, I don't think I see any of them. Um, I've got a couple of friends left over from when I was doing the apprenticeship, and I I I still see those.
2: Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. Um,
0: talk to me about
1: what was the the first do you remember going to the cinema for the first time what was the cinema in Luton you'd go to I
0: roughly remember there was one that was um, I think it was a top rank or something so it was going out of town towards Dunstable and I remember going to see The Jungle Book and enjoying that very much and then when I was a little bit older going to see Goldfinger which was all very risky. You know?
1: Would that have been the one one of the first ones you sneaked into slightly
0: too young? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm sure my dad took me.
1: Right, yeah. So yeah. did they have like a... They used to have U and A. Yeah. I mean, it was different ratings to what they are yeah, now. Yeah, it was. But they, were definitely, they definitely had certifications. Yeah, so A, hey, I wonder if you could go in with the parent. Yeah, I bet it was that. So it was probably that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we t- touched on music
0: before. Um, was music a big thing in your house? Um, this is a weird thing. Not necessarily. No, um, we just had radio. Uh, I got the first record player when I was fourteen, with money from a from a paper round.
1: So, did you? Your parents just would have it on as background noise than the radio. Yeah, and
0: which would that be? BBC Radio One, two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and probably Radio One. In fact, it wasn't called that. The home service, the home maybe, service yeah, and yeah. the light service would have been that. But I do remember. A certain unmentionable now then now then always <laughs> did the Sunday show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I remember that. Uh, but he used to play records that I I I, I re- remember very well, like Ray Charles and things like that. And then Eric Burden and War playing "Spill the Wine." I thought, "Ooh, what's all that about?" It was quite smoky and Latino. It was a really unusual track that 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 he did. And uh, but somewhere uh, either side of that was Jimmy Clitheroe. <laughs> right, that yeah. stuff,
1: you Who know. was uh, for p- people too young was uh, the biggest thing on radio this country has ever seen. He was yeah. a-, a radio comedian who played a, a kid, right?
0: Yes, yeah. did. Uh,
1: from in Cl- Clitheroe in was, Lancashire. Was he actually small? I'm not sure. I'm not. I
0: just sure. know that he had that little boy's voice, didn't he? I don't know if he could, if he could change his own voice to do that or if he was just stuck with a voice like that I don't you know, know like her out he of he made crankies. a career out of it yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, were you into your football was there, were you a Luton supporter I became a Luton supporter by the time I was a teenager again because I was beginning to feel left out if I didn't so I went along but I wasn't that what do you remember impressed. about going there I remember going there, I remember people filing pennies down and throwing those around. Uh, I remember Bruce Rioch was playing. Why would they to, so dumb here? Why why would they file the pennies? Well, you know, it was that thing that people used to do then they'd throw it. Well, make it more was a aerodynamic. Of, no, these were the days of skinheads and, and things like that. So it would hit somebody and it would cut them, you know. It's like horrible stuff. Oh, to make them more rather than more dangerous, not more less dangerous. dangerous. Yes, right, right, right. right. Yeah, there was a lot of that going on. And I remember going and watching it, and I remember the footballer's thighs being really large, thinking, how are they fitting trousers? <laughs> and beyond that, I don't remember much. But you ended up being a good footballer yourself, didn't you? No, that's an internet myth. Damn that internet. Yeah.
1: Although I'm sure it's one you don't want to quash, you know, let people <laughs> think you were this star
0: athlete. It's, it's really weird, but a good friend of mine from that era was touted at one point to maybe play for Luton. And uh, I don't know somewhere or other it got confused. That my friend Will, Will Baldry, if he's around, um, was was getting close to that happening. So Vauxhall was very proud of that. You know and somewhere or other they got that mixed up with me. I don't know why. Well, I, I won't. I won't do anything to. I was the that world's minute. worst. I was the last one they picked at school. You don't seem the type. You have the row of boys like that, and they pick, and then they get to me and and some some spotty faced short guy with glasses that like, was oh, me you can have him and they go no 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 you have him and I like, which one might be slightly better than the other one and that was me was there were there any sports you were good at uh, i used to swim for the school i can swim i love swimming i love the sea still do if i pass the sea i have to i really get this urge to get in it
1: so even, even even in the winter even in this country
0: yep wow yeah I did it on the October tour. We got down to Folkestone and I got in. It was great.
1: What do, how do you feel when you do that? Do you not
0: do you feel Freezing. like you're going to die? Yeah, you do. And there was a French guy and he was just getting out. And he said, Don't, it takes about three minutes, he said. So I got in I thought I was going to die for about three minutes. And exactly what I thought was three minutes. I went, oh, I can stop swimming now. <laughs> and then I just laid in it. It was great. So what's your technique? Do you just sort of slowly lower yourself in like you're no, 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 you can't slowly lower yourself in. Right. You've got to get up to the knees, the thighs, and then you're shivering like crazy, and then you go, "This is it, you've gotta go, and then you just go in and under and then swim for all you worth. Wow, and you still do that yeah okay
1: well I mean I'll consider I mean you look good on it, but I don't know that I could <laughs> uh, quite bring bring myself to do that well, um what about like sort of playgrounds where would you where would you hang out? What was a local park? what would you get up to in there?
0: Well, strangely enough, we were just left to our own devices a lot. So, and, and and then, sometimes they would just chuck up a massive swing just in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't even a park. So there's one that we always used to go to that was in between my high school and um, the, the house in Rowfield. In fact, I drove past it the other day to go and uh, to pick a friend up um, who's actually in the Pacaminos and... Uh, he doesn't come from that area, but he chose to move there. And he's out in a little village called T Green. So I drove past, and they'd taken the swings down. I went, oh, I used to go there all the time.
1: <laughs> You're thinking, maybe when I get round to it, I'll get back to that swing, and now they've ruined the opportunity for you. What um what was your what was your high school? What was your secondary school?
0: Uh, my secondary school was a, one called Ramridge, and that was when, you know, schools have this thing when... They were on fire, and, and the time that I went in there, they were at their best. The teachers were great. The head was great. I was doing really good at school. My dad thought he'd got a genius, you know. And that uh, and was okay for a while until we went to Ashcroft High School, where it was a girls' school, and they were changing it into mixed year by year. And I don't think the teachers were prepared... For the hormone rush, what what was going to happen? So, so consequently, I wasn't very well taught there, and uh, my grades went right down.
1: No, you could have been. Could have been an astrophysicist. Could have been a contender. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but maybe astrophysics losses, pop music. Well, my son's doing that now, so I definitely had it in me. Oh right, it's in the genes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah. So he's, but I I was great with uh, with. Spelling words, English and things like that. He's great with numbers. Really good with numbers. Who were who were the teachers you remember? Uh, once again, I don't remember the teachers there. I was in a daydream. I think I always was a daydream kid. I, I would frequently forget to go home on time for dinner and stuff like that. And my parents would be tearing their hair out, you know, because <laughs> I'd just be in a dream world. So, did you take pat lunch? No, I used to eat school dinners. Love school dinners. What, what do you What do you remember of your school dinners? Uh, well, the usual jam roly-poly, spotted dick, all that sort of stuff, steak and kidney pies, yeah. mash.
1: Yeah, a lot of stodge. Loads, that was, that and loads of stodge. That was the major component of school
0: dinners, yeah. Yeah. I've got a friend, actually. I've known him since I was two. We didn't go to school. Uh, that was at the uh, the toddler school. Then we didn't school t- together at all. He was the other side. And then he ended up being in the q with me and we're still good friends now. And I went out to dinner with him the other day, and he still says, a dessert isn't a dessert unless it's a spotted dick or a rolling poly you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's never lost that childhood taste for desserts, you know. Yeah.
1: It's
0: classic British childhood desserts.
1: isn't is, like? yeah. Yeah. So so no teacher, like, if you think across, you know, once you're at secondary school and high
0: school... No high teacher? school, did, yeah. Yeah, so who
1: stands out?
0: My form teacher was Miss Mullings. don't know if she ever got married, but because she was our first form teacher and she did take a shine to me and once again this would be frowned upon now but it was me and it was someone else and she liked us and after we left her form she still would check in and see us in the playground how are you getting on and blah 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 and then she she used to um, let us uh, ask us over to tea at her mum's house and we'd go and have tea around her house you know and she got in contact with my mum and dad when I became famous and uh, I brought her to Wembley that's so (laughs) so lovely yeah Great.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack Radio.
1: Hello again, don't worry, no annoying adverts on this podcast, it's just me popping up to tell you a bit more about Union Jack Radio. Basically, it's uh, it's a radio station that plays just the best British bangers that you pick. Yes, uh, they've got an app, you can vote songs up and down in real time, the one with the most votes plays, and they are also the home of great British comedy, of course, featuring talent like Ed Gamble and Tom Rosenthal in this series, but Union Jack also features classic comedy clips from stuff like Blackadder and Faulty Towers, so make sure you, you, uh, you use your digital radio to locate Union Jack Radio, or just head to the website, or grab the Union Jack app, or, or ask that Alexa woman. Anyway, back to the show.
2: Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio.
0: Who was your first crush? Hmm. There was a girl called Debbie who was blonde and wasn't interested in me, besides to hang out with guys that were older than me. By the time I was 14, I was getting into music. Uh, I was hanging out with guys that were 17 and, and stuff like that. She was the same age as me, but she wanted an older man. Oh, no, Debbie. <laughs> Debbie, how could you? <laughs> And there was another one called Gail that I used to go to junior school with. Then she went to the senior school that my brother was at. And she blossomed, you know. I was like, oh, she's lovely, you know. But then once again, she would go for the older guys, you know. So, so it was a question of waiting until you were an older guy, mainly. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah.
1: So so what about music then? At what point did it stop being something you'd sort of aware of on the radio and there were songs that would get stuck in your head? And when when did it start to consume you? Um, well,
0: yeah. Um, It was when I was about 13, 14, and once I got a record player and started avidly buying records, then I could play them over and over again. So where was your local record shop in Luton? Um, That was close to where the cinema was. It was called F.L. Moores, and I used to go there. I I wish I could remember the name of that. High Street It's the one that led to Luton Football Ground as well. Anyway,
1: they can be quite intimidating places. Though, as a teenager, record shops—you want to get your hands on these things, yeah. But you know, they seem like such cool places, especially back then. They were like little caverns. Remember the one in our town? They'd have all the picture discs hanging oh, from right. the ceiling, and the guy behind the counter
0: was just yeah. so intimidating and cool. What was what was FL Moore's like? Well, actually, the first place we to go to there was like a, a store because what they used to have was a store, wasn't it, with pianos in and things like that, and a few other bits and pieces, and then a little room that sold some records, so that was the first one called Farmers, but then FL Moore's was a real record store, and it was long, and it was sprawling, and uh, there was a couple of people, That one guy that ran the shop, I think it was his shop, um, but then there was another tall, skinny guy who was, I would probably say an anorak now, Right. but to me, he was a god, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd go in and say, I heard this record, blah, blah, blah. and he'd know what I was on about, and where I'd... Um, and then he'd say, "What well, if you like that, there's this other, you probably like Joe Tex as well if you, if you like this, you know. And um, it was great. He used to go in there a lot, spent hours in there. You know? Remember the
1: first time you ever bought a seven-inch single?
0: Yeah, that wasn't as glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> it was a scout jamboree for a penny. Okay. What was it? <laughs> it was a song called Be Mine by Lance Fortune. Right. I found it the other day as a download as well, so I've got it now. <laughs> as it stood the test of time. Well, it just sounds you know that uh, Adam Faith type uh, where they're plucking yeah bang, yeah bang, yeah bang, and they're plucking the violin of oh, upon if you don't want money, you know, and plucking the violins. So it was kind of like that. If you be willing to be my black 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 da, you know. So that was a very early 60s kind of sound.
1: Yeah. Uh, what are, what are the memorable early purchases were? There? By the time you were a teenager, you are getting into music what sort of records were you buying?
0: Well then once I bought my record player then I was buying the, f- the, like the first three albums of great standing to me was um, Stevie Wonder had the greatest hits but we're talking early greatest hits so with Yes To Me, Yes to You, Yesterday, My Shari More, I Don't Know Why I Love You and all those sort of songs, Signed, Sealed Delivered and I remember. I'm sure I remember the sleeve was was him jumping out of a box. Or no, that was the signed, sealed, delivered album. Right. So he was in a box, of course. Um, and then it was Fire and Water by Free, who I loved. And then once I realised I loved Free, I would hear. I I, I realised they were on a record label called Island Records, who who were putting these sampler albums out at the time. And one of the albums to have back then was called Bumpers, and it was a double album of all these artists that were on there. So then my taste widened straight away. It's yeah. a gateway into all these different yeah. artists. So who, who was yeah. on that then? Uh, there was some, uh, Richard Thompson was on there. Um, there was a track called Thunderbuck Ram by Mott the Hoople who became famous much later. Um, so it wasn't just the soul stuff you were into then? No. Yeah. no, it, was, no it was blues blues before it was sold, because three were like a blues band. But they had all these other folky artists, like Nick Drake as well. Yeah, you, you yeah. Know, very well thought of artists, even now, you know. Uh, Jethro Tull. Um, I still I love those old records that they did too, you know. And uh, a lot of people go, oh, Jethro Tull, but I, I think it's great. They were they were very daring at the not, time. Not
1: many bands uh, have, have the goal to have a flautist a lead artist yeah
0: and also they had the first hit in 5-4 time which is really unusual which was living in the past and Sweet Dream changes tempo and pace about five times through the record it's like an orchestral piece you know and it was still a hit yeah yeah so they had something yeah yeah Um, and uh, yeah Yeah,
1: there was a lot of good stuff on it though and and in terms of you becoming musical did you have lessons
0: Um,
1: I had Initial
0: piano lessons. Who was your piano teacher? Uh, oh, Mrs. Bird, yeah. Where was Mrs. Bird? Where would you go? Oh, she was. Oh, God, she was uh, on a. But it was in Mrs. Bird's front room, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And what were, were so you she learning? Struggled. Scales? Yeah, scales and all that stuff, and then little classical pieces there's a there's a book that she bought me that I've still got at home that I can't even say on the radio <laughs> you're not supposed to say that right, word anymore different times different yes, times but it was called Ten Little <laughs> yeah, Tunes yeah yeah yes <laughs> and, <laughs> that and, came from down south let's put it that way
1: are you a bit of a, are you a bit of a hoarder then do you keep keep a lot
0: of um, stuff from your past memorabilia and? yeah well when my mum and dad had a clear out they passed it on to, to me and when you see them it's just like oh my god I forgot about that yeah you know? yeah so you just think, alright, I'll put that away. And then I'll show my kids, look, this is the kind of thing that used to come out. And nowadays you go, Oh yeah, my yeah, God, you yeah. know, but we didn't think it was wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh yeah, so yeah, hoard quite quite a few things. And um so I did that, mm-hmm. but I didn't like piano lessons. So then I got to, when I got to my um junior school, I decided to uh I, I want to learn to play the guitar instead. But my brother had already tried that trick, and so he stopped his piano lessons, and then he stopped the guitar. So when I said I'd like to do guitar instead, my dad said, "Good, you can do both." I went, oh. <laughs> you know. So, um, but then that gave me a, a, a once. I wouldn't say I was particularly great on either, but it gave me a rudimentary knowledge of music. So then I could pick out what the bass player was playing, what a guitar player was doing, you know, how the record was built. So I did eventually become a bass guitarist, uh, but I still had my eye on the microphone. I just felt for some reason I would enjoy it. You were drawn to it. Mm. And what was your first band that you formed? I was in a band called Moss Mosswreck. What age was this Which then? was a kind of a, everyone was trying to be Jimmy Page at that point. Well, I, I'd, uh, I'd started a Vauxhall, I'd saved up some money, I'd bought a bass rig and a guitar. Um, so you're never in bands at school? No, the most I did was a little bit of acoustic-y things with friends. And when we were in the fourth and fifth forms, we had a common room so we could bring the guitars in and fall around in the break, you know, and just do stuff just to try and learn some things, you know.
1: You never, never had a crack at writing a song very young?
0: No. I did write some once I got into the second band. Yeah. yeah they, were, they were pretty bad. Right, right. Um, so and where- I was I was still playing bass at that point, but... They started to let me sing a couple of songs in the middle of the show. We had a singer that looked like Robert Plant, and Led Zeppelin were everything back then. Sure. So the guitar player had to look or play like Jimmy Page, and the lead singer had to have long blonde hair, you know. So I lost out on both counts there. <laughs> uh,
1: But was it the case then
0: in Mostrek, you'd get, you know, a couple of songs and then a few weeks later it'd be three songs in the set? Yeah, I wouldn't get any with Mostrek, but by the time I got to the next band, which was Cat Cool and the Cool Cats, which has been mentioned, once again I jumped ship out of the other band and joined Cat Cool, which was already formed. And, uh... But actually, although he looked a bit like Jimmy Page and played like it, his musical knowledge was much wider. So, uh... I gravitate towards him a lot more. And he used to lend me records like when Born to Run first came out. And he said, listen to this guy, he's a fantastic man, you know. And, uh, and he turned me on to a great singer who's not very well known, but he's, he's English and a wonderful voice called Jess Roden. And um, that, that was a good time for me to soak up music, you know.
2: Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio.
1: So you left school at 16 then, did you? Yeah. And you went straight to work in at Vauxhall? Yeah. And was that one of these places, like, if you lived in Luton, you're either going to be working at Vauxhall or you're going to be working at the airport? Was it sort of...
0: Yeah, or even there was the remnants of the hat. Because it was the hat trade, wasn't it? Right. Hence the hatters. Right. Yeah. We used to make the boaters, the straw boaters. And um, so a little bit of that was still going on in Luton, but I think it was failing, you know. So yeah, it, it, it eventually became Vauxhall or the airport.
1: And what do you remember about going and working at Vauxhall?
0: Um, I, I remember doing the first couple of years in that uh, the building that was near the airport. Then they moved this down. To once we decided what we were going to do, like whether it was the electrician or the mechanic or the or the milling machinist or working the lathe, then we'd get reassigned where we were going to go to. And um, by which time I was playing in bands, and uh, so. I'm not saying we gigged every night of the week, but when we did over the weekend, you know, and then I'd be in work the next day. Hence the car accident where I fell asleep. Right, 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 right. So I was burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Um. So I just remember that going into work like the next day. Going, oh my Zombie. god! And, and um, it's terrible, really, on Vauxhall's money. But I'd be working. I'd be so sleepy, and then the um the foreman he'd always have a moment where he'd go off you know to probably smoke his pipe or something so I would use that moment and I'd I'd say and my friend can can you come and get me when he comes back and I'd found this little room that had loads of um, foam that was cut so my mate would lift it up and I'd climb into the foam <laughs> and he'd drop it over the socket of me and I'd, I'd get about tw- 20 minutes <laughs> and Then he'd come and get me and I'd go back down to my machine.
1: <laughs> what were the what were the pubs you'd play in around uh, Luton? Ooh.
0: Mm. And were they receptive? Uh, Yeah, once again, I, can't, I can remember that there was... One, well, they didn't put bands on, but the regular drinking place was the Hat and Bonnet. I used to go to that. But strangely, the places, my 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 family that still live there can remember the names that I of the places that I played.
1: Were they supportive? Would they come out and see you?
0: Yeah, they were. Oh, we did Luton Tech College at one point as well, but not the main hall. Like I went to see Slade play the main hall, but we never did that. But there was a, a students' union annex where. We played a couple of times. Was Slade one of your first
1: gigs that you went to as a punter?
0: It was, yeah, and it was only because I was working by this point, so I could afford to go and see someone. Yeah, Um, they
1: were a great live band. They were good,
0: yeah, yeah, but they were loud. My God, incredibly loud. And he was a brilliant frontman, Noddy. He was fantastic, yeah, yeah. And uh, the other thing I remember about that is, as much as they impressed me, uh, they played. uh, The DJ played. This song called "Black Juju" by someone called Alice Cooper. I went, "What is that?" You know, that sounds really evil. I want to know more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was more like having to do detective work to track that
1: stuff down. Now you can yeah. just point your phone at a speaker, yeah. and it will tell you what a song is. Mm-hmm. You'd have to remember bits of lyrics, then go to the
0: record yeah, shop and say, I've "I heard and this hope record." That they yeah, yeah, yeah. Knew where it was from. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, now, I can't quite work out this. So when you, you, you initially started getting recognition You ended up on Top of the Pops I watched this clip on YouTube earlier on Of you It's not quite rapping But it's a song about oh, Toast, toast yeah. And yeah. it's what's mind-boggling to me Is you, this guy that we now know Had this incredible soul voice And your first appearance on the telly, I'm guessing
0: yeah. is, You're not singing You're no. talking about Toast It's oh, the weirdest start for a career Yeah <laughs> So Street Band, they were fans of English rock music. So they loved the Who and um who else? they like a band called Pato and things like that. And um we started off actually as like a funkish band. But um but when that drummer left and we got another drummer and it started to get a bit rockier and the, and then that kind of side of us came out. But like like the small faces and the who and things like that and, and cream there was always that slightly um goons type humor. Right, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The Who had it with Boris the Spider and all the silly things they used to do yeah. on the Who sell out and a quick one while he's away. There was there was an album called that. And um and uh, cream did my baby's gone down the plug hole, you know. And everyone everyone had this like goonish sense of humour. So when um what happened was we toast the the guitar player broke a string and we had two roadies out of Tottenham who, um, were so young, they didn't know how to change a the string. They didn't know how to do anything other than pack the gear away. So, so the other three musicians had to busk away and I had to think of something to talk to the audience about. And it was that night that the producer was in with a view to recording us and, um, the very fact that he was in in, in during the blockades, because this really appealed to him.
1: Yeah, because it, yeah, it has a touch of that to it's it. It's got yeah, just yeah. a touch,
0: yeah. yeah. So I was just going, oh, oh well, well, he'll be back in a minute. So in the meantime, what did you get up to today on this Sunday? And I was talking to the crowd. Well, I was just going, well, you know, I got up a bit of hangover after last night's gig, so I went into the kitchen, you know, thinking, right, what can I have to eat? And as the band were playing this kind of sequence. It just so happened as they got to the end of the sequence, I said the word toast. So I thought, oh, that was good. I'll say it again, <laughs> toast. And, and then da da, you know. So he said, what was that? We've got to put it on the B side. And I said, what? What was what? You know. He said, the, the the talking song that you did. I said, that wasn't a song. We were just busking for time, you know. And um, he said, well, I think it would make a great B side and it might might help the sales of your first single. And so we kind of, I had to kind of go back in my mind and think about roughly what I'd said. And then and we did it. And then Kenny Everett found it and flipped it. And it became the A side. And I, I think
1: to this day, the only song to feature a toast solo, because there is a bit in the middle where they scraping <laughs> burn off the toast. Scra- it's really Scra- quite something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack Radio.
1: Uh, what age were you when you moved out of Luton? Then what do you what do you remember about leaving home?
0: I uh, was, he, uh, it was seventy six, and uh, I didn't. Maybe I didn't move out straight away, but I was dossing on so many people's sofas in London that uh, they, they were students, and they said, "You can't keep doing this all your life. You know, you're going to have to st- start making a contribution <laughs> soon." So I thought, "Oh, uh, okay." So then the next time they. The contract came up. They moved to a different place. Then I dragged myself along. And were your mum and dad all right with it? They thought my dad was scared, scared out of his wits that I uh, see. How I changed that there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, to the, uh, I'd have no money, and you saying you've got to save, you know. And uh, and I got a little advance from a publishing house, and he was going, "You've got to put that in the bank." I said, "But I got need. I need to buy a guitar. You know, and things like." That. Uh, it was that old speculate to accumulate thing and he's going no save save you know so um, yeah I, I think he th- thinks I'm alright now though. <laughs> I'm flush
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and how how was it going back after you know after things had happened for you after you were sort of bestriding the world like a colossus
0: Well, it was really weird, because around about the time they started to do school reunions, class reunions, I don't know if I inspired it, no one ever said that, but just thought it was quite unusual that within about 18 months of my first year, they got inside and said, let's all meet at this such such and such a pub, and so we went there, and and then it got to the point where the teachers were coming as well, and so... uh, yeah, we used to have a, this guy called Mr. Bernard as well, I forgot. He became the head of my high school, and I went there much later and did a speech. Oh, really? did out some prizes, yeah. Yeah, I was really impressed how the school had come on, Yeah, especially on the music side. And yeah. they'd be getting kids to write a song, record it press a record and all this, like a disc and all this sort of thing. it's good. Without being soppy about it it makes a
1: difference, if you've just got one person from yeah. your school, I mean it's not like going to Eton as it were, you know, everybody ends up a Prime Minister mm. or a Captain of Industry if you're in a regular school and one person does something different, yeah. it inspires you to think, oh maybe I could do that.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah, I think so too.
1: Yeah. How often do you get back to Luton, if ever?
0: <laughs> um, well, my parents are still there so... I go on a regular, but they're still soldiering on, doing very well. Not in the same house. Not the same house, no. Right. Did you buy them a house when you got a bit of money? No. The, I, the The thing is, they were very happy with what they got. It, it was mortgage-free. Th- right. And I think sometimes I've seen people do that, and then... All of a sudden, like you buy them some fancy house, then all of a sudden, when things aren't so good, you have to go. Sorry, Mum and Dad, you got to sell the house. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, no, I'm not going to get into that whole thing. It
1: sounds like your dad doesn't sound like the sort of person who would have been wanting you
0: to. Oh, you know, you be careful your money, save it. Don't be, yeah, don't be buying us yeah. a house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, I never did that. But however, I did pay for them to come to Japan, and they. Traveled on the bullet trains with the rest of the musicians, with terrible hangovers, and and they took him around Kyoto and all these wonderful places. Like the promoter got a, a young kid to take them to see Japan, you know. And when we got back, my dad said, "You know, the best bit of it was riding a bullet train with all the musicians, and they all talked about what they got up to last night." <laughs> <laughs> that was his favourite bit. Nice. None of the uh, beautiful None of pagodas. The that you laid and, no, yeah, yeah, no,
1: no. Um, and if you could time travel, if you could go back and see any of the places that we've been talking about today as they were then, where would you where would you want to be back inside of one last time?
0: I think it would. Now I've seen my high school, so that's been done. I think to go back to my infant school because I remember driving past it and going, "Oh my God, those buildings are tiny! How did I get in?" Yeah, you know. And so I, I think to look around then that would be kind of strange because it seemed massive. To me, and the guy, we had a lot of fields. Well, I'm saying that, but I bet they're tiny again. Yeah, yeah. But that would be quite strange.
1: And you're you're on tour at the moment. It's is it 35 years
0: since? Yeah, it's actually 36 now because we. You've been doing it for a while. Well, (laughs) yeah, because we did the real tour in October, like the main one, uh, when it was a 35th anniversary, and then it went so well. Uh, People really seem to enjoy it. I I think people do hark for a bit of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the best quotes I saw on Twitter was was they said all the girls down the front was like a cougar mosh pit. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) cougar mosh pit. I thought, oh, yeah, all right, I'll have that one. (laughs) Yeah. How do you keep it interesting for yourself? Because i got another band, Los Pacaminos. So I oh. go and do something completely different. And that, that's so, uh, so like a Tex-Mex. Yeah. yeah. So m- music's my career and my hobby, you know. So it, it, it's wonderful. And yeah. uh, So I go and do that and I write instrumentals and I can use the lower part of my voice. I mean, I've just played a demo of one of the songs that we're doing on the next Pacaminos album. And I said, this "This is Johnny Cashco's Reggae Western. And I put it on and they said... I didn't know he did a reggae western song. I went, no, that's me, and they would go, that's you, you know, because I I I sang all my songs outside my natural range, all my hits, you know. I'm a baritone, and I was singing up where the tenors go. So with the packs, I've got a chance to use all these other areas of my voice, you know, that I've got. Yeah, and I'd like to be able to use them. Well, thanks so much for showing us
1: around, uh, taking us down memory lane, uh, showing us (laughs) around Luton. Uh, Paul Young, thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio.
1: And that's that, a lovely stroll down memory lane with Paul Young. If you enjoyed it, leave a lovely review and subscribe to the podcast. And we have some very special guests to announce, so you will want to subscribe. And if you haven't yet, make sure you twiddle your radio dial to Union Jack Radio and enjoy the best British music and comedy all in one place. And uh, that's that. Speak soon.
0: Union Jack, the home of great British comedy. Fiddle your knob and find Union Jack on DAB Radio, online, on the app and on that Alexa woman.